Yo, partnership alert, partnership alert, partnership alert. Living Corporate has a partnership with LinkedIn Learning, an American massive open online course provider that provides video courses taught by industry experts across a wide array of subjects. Now, the partnership is because Living Corporate has courses on LinkedIn Learning focused on diversity, equity, inclusion for leaders, career professionals, and anyone really looking to upskill themselves and be better allies. So make sure you check out our courses on LinkedIn Learning by clicking the link in the show notes. And let's just say you don't want to do that. You go to LinkedIn Learning on LinkedIn, search Living Corporate. We'll be right there. All right. Peace. to the break room where you have a moment to take a break <laughs> and we focus on all things black mental health in the workplace i am dr lawanda hill one of the co-hosts one of the four co-hosts of the break room my lovely co-hosts have been holding it down i've been away for some time so i had a surgery and i'm back and i'm super excited to be back because we have an amazing guest with us casey cross i'm gonna hype them up casey is in the <laughs> Mix and I'm super super excited, y'all, because we're talking about gender queer in the workplace, and we're gonna have a specific focus on mental health tonight. So I want to just take a moment to pause and welcome all of you who will be listening to this recording later. Welcome all of you who are joining us live. We like to give an overview of what the break room is, who it focuses on, and what our flow is, so you'll know how we move. So we usually open up the break room. Uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Like I said, we are a, uh, a crew of four, um, four black doctors who come together every Ooh. Thursday to, <laughs> to talk black mental health in the workplace. We have Dr. Jade, who's a social psychologist, Dr. Nikki, who is a counseling psychologist and former academic academic. Um, and we have Dr. Brian, who is a psychiatrist, and myself, Dr. Luanda Hill, who is a so I am a psychologist and curator of spaces, and we just come together and keep it 100 with our goal is to center black mental health and talk about that in the workplace. So that's what who we are and what we bring to the table. Welcome to you all who are with us live. Justin, it's good to have you. Our flow is, we move through a flow. When we intro, we do a T, y'all. We really do, like, what's been the T for the last week? We like to keep things current, what's relevant. And I was talking to Casey, and I was like, do you even know what's happened? I've been out of it because I had surgery. That's my excuse. And Casey has been moving. So we don't really know what's popping in the streets. And y'all know what's popping in the streets. Drop it in the comments. And Let us know. Address. Let us know because we do not know what's popping in the streets. So we start off with the tea, and then we move into our topic. And we usually will either address that as the experts in the room or we'll have a guest who can address that in the room. And I'm so excited about Casey as our, our guest tonight. And then we, we take a moment to take questions from the audience and address that. And then we wrap up with our last nerve. Right. So everybody know what that last nerve mean as black folks. Like people have been irritating you. They've been aggravating you and they did got on your last damn nerve. And we take a moment. We put our time on 60 to 90 seconds. Sometimes we go to 120 seconds, two full minutes. And we say, this is what that last nerve is. I'm going to give it to you, Casey, because I'm going to okay. let you take the last nerve tonight as our special guest. 
And then we wrap up and we put it on repeat for the next week. So that's our flow for those of you who are new to the break room. Um, I'm going to hop in because we're getting ready to, in honor of Pride Month, we're getting ready to talk about gender queerness one um, and then what that looks like in the workplace and the impact of mental health. And so without further ado, I want to introduce KC. KC uses they, them pronouns, and they are a licensed professional counselor in Northwest Arkansas. So we got another mental health professional in the building, which is why I think you are the perfect guest. Um, KC is a mental health and performance clinician for the University of Arkansas Razorbacks. And I always want to know what that experience is like, (laughs) you know, like as I consider myself an athlete. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is it like, which I hope we can kind of squeeze into the conversation. What's it like to be a mental health professional for the the Razorbacks? And so for six years, Casey has worked in university counseling centers, serving, servicing the LGBTQ plus community and BIPOC students. They've also provided trainings, workshops around gender, around sexuality and race to enhance organizations knowledge and their service towards these diverse and racial identities, which we are hoping to do tonight. We're going to provide some education around sexuality, around gender as it relates for black folks and their mental health so that people who are listening can either be validated, be seen, understand, and people who do not identify as these populations can enhance their knowledge and um, understanding so as to be more uh, queer affirming. KC is very passionate about creating spaces for women, trans, gender non-conforming, and or non-binary individuals to explore their sexuality free of shame and providing healthy education around healthy sexual behaviors. And so you can follow KC on IG um, at KC Cross 3. KC's always into some biking, always active, <laughs> always doing something. And also feel free to focus, I mean, uh, to check out their YouTube station. And I will actually put that in the chat a little bit later on tonight where KC describes their experience with gender dysphoria and black and none and uh, as a black and none binary mask individual. So that's KC. I met KC y'all through a, yes, happy pride month. I met KC through a good friend of mine, Danielle Amador, who I work with at Stanford. And we started, we did our first session right after the Taraji show dropped. Yeah. Taraji show dropped on black trans and then Casey and I had a conversation about like gender and sexuality one-on-one. We had a very dope time and I'm hoping to recreate that tonight as well. So I just want to give you a moment to just kind of take that in. Anything you want to say to the people before we even dive into the conversation, Casey? Ooh, you put me on the spot. I don't know if I got anything I want to say, <laughs> but what's, what's up everybody? Uh, uh, you you gonna you gonna hear a little bit of my country accent coming out. Lawanda already talked about me from being being from Arkansas <laughs> tonight. So try try not to make too much fun of me. We'll try. I was like, KC, what you doing in Arkansas? Like, who we understand? Like, I just it's, it's so funny. The number of people that I meet and they be like, you in Arkansas? But then when they like come visit and they like see the spot that I'm in, they're like, okay, this make this makes sense. This okay. makes sense. That helps me. I'm, trying, I'm coming. I'm trying to I'm put coming. Arkansas on the map. Put, put them on the map, Casey. It's got to start somewhere. Arkansas. Like, make me want to visit Arkansas <laughs> in some way. Well, you know, you know how it goes. Like back in the day, like you know, we had we had a bunch of black people down here in the south, and then everybody tried to get out of the south, go to Chicago, go to L.A., go you know, get away from all these white people. But then you got the folks of us that you know, some of us that stayed down here. So we trying to 
we're trying to bring y'all back. Yeah, trying to get y'all back okay. down here. <laughs> so t- I will say this: no, sh- like if y'all from those of you who are listening, who are in the audience, if you from Arkansas, no shade. I really, I think this is a perfect pivot for our conversation. I really was like, is Arkansas queer friendly and queer affirming? Is what I was concerned about. And so Casey mm-hmm. was talking about how there is a different space that is kind of queer affirming and safe, psychologically safe as well as physically safe. So I think that's let's just hop into the combo tonight. So as yeah. we all know, June is Pride Month and I enjoy pausing to really reflect on the history of pride, what it is, what it means, you know, what it should entail. I think it can get co-opted by commercialism, and I hate that. And so I wanted, from your lens, Casey, if you could just give us a brief history of how did pride start, and what does it mean to you? Yeah, so... I'll try to, I told you earlier, I'm going to try to keep this as as concise as possible because there's, there's, there's so much history out there. And I think more and more of it is coming out as, as, as we're actually looking for these stories. But I feel like every June we hear like the first, the first pride was a riot and that's true. But I think if you like do your research, most places would be like the first pride started at Stonewall. And I think that's the one that's the most well known. But from my, from what I've known, from what I've learned from other like queers, uh, my ancestors, is that pride really started out out in California. You know, there was um, you had a riot out in Compton. I, I think it's called the Compton Cafeteria Riots. You had Cooper's Donuts Riots. There was the Black Cat Riot. So all all of those things happened anywhere from five to ten years before Stonewall ever even happened. And just like Stonewall, it was led by Black trans women. And that that's kind of the way that I look at Pride is like, I, I try to take Pride as my, my time to like really boost and elevate even more so like how much Black trans women have paved the way for, for all of us. Like they mm-hmm. are the ones that really kicked it off. And, you know, even with Stonewall, you know, Marsha P. Johnson, Pay It No Mind Johnson, you know, I think she's been credited for like throwing the first brick at, at Pride and Stonewall. She threw a brick at, at the police. I think later on in life, she came back and was like, no, nah, that wasn't me. But we're going we gonna to credit it to her because she did so much for our community. So right, right. Marsha right. Pay It No Mind Johnson, she, she did. Right. Yeah. But you got Marsha P. Johnson, you got Sylvia Rivera, you got Miss yeah. Major. Like, yeah. those are the people that like I've come to put on this pedestal the ones that I've come to be like yo this is what pride means like not all this whitewash capitalistic rainbow bs that's out there now like pride was started by black trans women and it's been it's been held up by black trans women like none of none of none of this like none of what like I'm, I'm getting I'm getting married next year like I would not be able to do that if it hadn't have started for them you know so it's like that's that's the way that I look at pride um it's just like can you, know, you say that like, part again because i want aaron to capture that aaron does our admin pride was i want you to say because my skin crawled when you said it pride was started <laughs> what did i say pride was started by black trans women yes and and it, it's been held up by black trans women it's been elevated by black trans women like they have always been at the front of of everything queer mm. and we 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 have not given them the recognition that they need, you know, like everything, like everything else in history, it's been whitewashed, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I'm going to take every opportunity that that I can to be like, this 
our you know our people started this our this people is where it started this. this is what and yeah. i love that and i'm going to post yeah. that and i'm gonna put you in a quote if you don't mind on my own social yeah. media yeah. No, that's good um me. jennifer say shout out to her her state you know california pride your state is the best state i will say living here california is a it is a whole brand of its own and then it is. is it historic SF riots where trans folks too begin stonewall. Yes, California has deep, deep trends. And black trans women started it. Black trans women have upheld it and maintained it and continue to pave the way, right? Yes. Because I firmly believe it's always the most oppressed, most marginalized group who have the most. Who do the most. Effort, who yep. do the most, who have the most to lose, who have the most risk, that put it all out there. And yep. I, I appreciate that. So pride for you yeah. is really celebrating those women and their contributions yeah. and how yeah. they open up doors for you in your own right yeah definitely and it's just like you know I, I didn't know any of this as a kid like as a as a as a black kid growing up in arkansas like the only thing i knew about being gay was like all the all the gay people went to west hollywood and, and san francisco so i was like <laughs> all right when i grow up i'm going go to west hollywood. hollywood i'm going to san francisco but like now that i'm older and i think back on those things i'm like i never saw any black queer people in any of that representation and so like you know, once I got into college and I started like learning about all of this, uh, it just like it blew my mind. I'm like, yo, we we've been at the forefront, you know, like. And so I think for me, it's like I've taken on this responsibility to to keep trying to pave the, the like this way that 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 that, you know, our elders, our ancestors yeah. really, really kicked off 60, 70 years ago. You know, mm. I mean, I'm sure it was I'm sure there was some stuff going on before then, but you know from what we know like that's you know that's really where it kicked off and so for yeah for for me it's like I want to take whatever privilege that I have now as as a you know I'm I'm a I'm an elder mm-hmm. now you, you know that. most mm-hmm. most black trans women non-binary folks like they're they're um so many of them died before the age of 35 you know mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not quite 35 yet but I am on the older age range of people that are alive and like getting to reap some of the benefits and i'm like i don't want to stop here like we we're gonna keep building on this we're gonna keep paving away i'm gonna be as out as possible for the people that don't feel comfortable don't feel safe to be out don't have the support mm-hmm. that i have to be out mm-hmm. so yeah that's man that's that's, pride this, for is, me. this is this that's pride i feel pride like I oh feel yeah pride now with you just talking about it and i i want to continue to have this conversation on other platforms and I just feel it in my belly and I think it's amazing. It's wonderful. And I hope Mm -hmm. to circle back to that piece, that piece of being the elder and what that means for you. But I want to, you know, the educator in me, the professor in me wants to give people some common language, right? Mm -hmm. So that they can really understand. So we understand where pride originates from. When we talk about LGBTQ plus, like let's, Mm -hmm. we've we've dropped some words, some names already. We said queer, we said trans, we said non-binary. Let's just take a step back and just provide some general descriptors on what it means to be LG, your definition, right? Because we yeah. do know that everybody defines things for themselves, by themselves. But yeah. what does it mean to be LGBTQ plus? And then we're going to take that further to mental yeah. health in the workplace. I, I'm, I'm actually glad that you said this because I was actually having this conversation with my fiance the other day. And like, and this is this is just my own thing. I get so frustrated when when people like say LGBTQ plus, but then they mm. lump, they lump allies into that plus. And I'm like, we appreciate Ooh, wait, the wait, allyship. Wait, wait, yeah. Up. I've, I've heard that so many times, like, especially like when you see LGBTQIA and people are like, I've had, I've been in presentations and people be like, Oh, what's the A stand for? And before I can even 
get it out, someone else is like, oh, well, that's allies. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. We appreciate your allyship, but this is, this is, this is ours, you know? So, you know, yeah. L, lesbian, bisexual, gay, uh, trans, and then the plus, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many labels that we can go from the plus. You've got intersex, asexual, queer. Like there, there's, there's. If we, if we listed all of them, it, it would be so long. So I, I usually stay away from LGBTQ just because, honestly, mm. for me, queer, saying the term queer, feels a lot more encompassing of, of it all. Like queer can be your gender identity it can be your sexual orientation it can be the the type of sex that you like to engage in it can be your politics so I Mm. I I try to I like the word queer just for that reason and like for myself personally queer is like it covers so much of my identity if I just say I'm queer like some this person may take it as okay I only date women this person takes it as this this person takes it as that it's like for me it's it's all of it. It's right. I'm non-binary. I'm masked. I'm I'm a black queer person. I am pansexual. Mm-hmm. I am kinky. Like that's to me. That's what queer means. Mm-hmm. And so when people when people tell me that they identify as queer, I'm like, okay, like what does that mean to you? Because I right. know it, it it may not necessarily mean the same thing that it does to me. And like even my fiance, she now just self identifies as queer, and it mm. sounds. It, the way that she identifies is very different from me. So I, I like that just because it's it's a quick answer. And if people want to get into it, they can they can ask more questions or you can right. you can leave it at that and be like, okay, that's cool. Right. Queer. It could be an invitation, yeah. right? Because yeah. It's com- yeah. yeah. It could be complex. It yep. could be so many yep. different things for so many different So people. many different things. Yeah. And I see the, the questions. We're gonna, we have a question segment. We'll get to pronouns and pronoun descriptions and the importance of that uh, later on. But, you know, when we were talking about this show specifically, you know, it's, 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 it's Pride Month. And for those of you who missed it, I hope you can catch the intro. Well, Casey really talked about what pride meant to them and, you know, honoring their ancestors and telling those stories and understanding that black trans women have been the leaders of this movement, you know, for queer folks and maintaining that movement and feeling obligated to them to kind of uphold it because Casey considers themselves as an elder. Right. Which because if for those people who joined in, can you repeat that again? Like what that eldership means to you and why it's so important? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that, you know, I'll, and and later on this year, I'll be 33. And I've never, growing up, I never knew anyone that was older that I could look up to and be like, okay, like, this is somebody that I can see myself in. This is someone that loves like me or loves similar to me. And so, you know, just the simple fact that so many of us die before the age of 35, and we don't get to see that life. Like, we, we definitely have some older ones. Like, I met Miss Major like three years ago and it took everything in me not to geek out you know it was, it was just like you know I'm looking at this at this at this older woman who was there at Stonewall you know who has been fighting yeah. for years so it's just, it's just crazy so like yeah I've, I've taken on this role because I've, I've realized like these teenagers that are growing up now like they don't have a whole lot of people that are older than me that look like me and think like me and 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 and, and are very similar to them so yeah I want to I want to step into that role as best as I can. And, you know, I don't want anyone to be just like me. I want, I want you to pave your own way, mm-hmm. but I also want people to be able to like, to be able to look out and be like, dang, like there's KC, like they're 40 years old and you know, they're living this life and, 
it's it's a very normal normal life right Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be full it doesn't have to constantly be full of trauma and Mm. and hate and like I I have so many great people around me and I want to showcase that like you you can be who you are and you can love the way that you do and if you find the right people they're they're gonna love you and they're gonna uphold they're like they're gonna uplift you and they're gonna support you in in everything possible that's what i want to talk about tonight i love that like i i think that there is trauma there is pain there is structural mm-hmm. you know discrimination and yeah. racist you know discrimination but i do want to tap into it a little bit you know what that positive mental health looks like like that's what i want to lift up all mm-hmm. like i want yeah. to lift up what that looks like but before we get there let, let's take it a step further right and jennifer you are absolutely right to call yourself an ally as part of lgbtq plus i didn't know that's what the a stood for it's very <laughs> presumptuous and i'm pissed about it i said yes. so yes. and i got permission because kc said they <laughs> So we, we both pissed about it. Yes. So hate you, that. You, you say that you, you know, you identify as queer. Queer can mean so many different things. For you, it gets at your sexual identity as well as your gender identity as well as other aspects of you. But everybody don't like know that, right? So you yep. take that into the workplace. So mm-hmm. I know this is a very big question to tackle, <laughs> right? But like yeah. the implications of being queer, right? The title mm-hmm. is gender queer, but just queer in, in general in the workplace, like that all these pieces of your identity could be visible or hidden. Like what yep. is, what does that look and feel like, especially in your profession as an yeah. LPC working for the Razorbacks? Yes. So now I can say that I'm very comfortable in it. Like I can show up <laughs> fully as me and I don't feel like I have to look a certain way or, or be a certain way in front of people. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take a, a few steps back to where I started. You know, whenever I've, graduated college and started moving into the workforce. So this was 10, 10 years ago. Now I was like, okay, I've, I've gone through college and all through college. I was very masked. I, I played basketball in college so I could walk yeah. around in basketball shorts all the time. And you know, no one really better than I it was like, I was a basketball and just player. Just for the folks listening, mask. Yeah. What's mask, Casey? Masculine. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I, I started, I started geeking out on all this stuff I know, and started that's talking. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I'm here to bring it in, really. Mask yeah, so masculine. So I'm, Yes, ma- right. masculine presenting. And if I say femme, I just mean feminine. Okay. Um, so, yeah, coming out of college and I, I knew that I needed to get, you know, my, my first my first adult job. And so every interview that I ever went on before the age of probably 27 was very feminine. It was, mm. you know, a, a shirt similar. I, I don't have a chest like you do, but like a shirt similar <laughs> to, to Wanda here. Uh, you know, tight pants, heels, like hair done a certain way and all that. And it's like, that's the only way that I knew mm. to show up. Because mm. even like with all the, all the like workshops and stuff that we did as seniors, like it was like girls show up to interviews like yeah. this, boys show up to interviews mm. like this. And mm-hmm. there was, at the time I didn't identify as non-binary because I didn't know what it meant. So it was just like, okay, well, I can't go to an interview in a suit because that's going to confuse people. So yeah. I was like, I may as well be uncomfortable if I want to have a job. Mm. And so I, I did that whole dance for five or six years. And then it was around the time actually that I met my fiance and we were talking and I was getting ready to interview. And I was like, I don't really know what to wear. Like I want to be comfortable, but like, I can't really show up like this. And she was like, why not? Mm. Like, she's like, if they don't want you for who you are, then that's not where you need to be. She's like, you are brilliant. You are incredibly smart. And that's the only thing that should matter. So 
go into this interview the way that you want to go into this interview. And I, and I did, and I ended up, I ended up getting that job. And like, when she said all that, I was like, she's right. Like, why, why do I want to work somewhere that's not going to accept me for me? Mm. You know, the, the way that I dress, the way that I look, none of that has any, any weight on the work that I can do. You know, I, I've, I've always had a, a great GPA, like, just because this person shows up this way and I show up this way doesn't mean that they're going to do a better job. Like it may make you feel Based on more presentation. comfortable. Right. right. Like it may make you feel more comfortable, but that's more about you. That's not about me. Mm. So, you know, all that to say now where I am, like, if you, if you meet me, you're going to get all of KC. You're going <laughs> to get all of KC. And it's like, it's, it's been interesting to navigate that at times because when I meet people in work settings that you know they're not quite sure how to address me and I always Uh, tell people when I'm doing presentations like being afraid to ask a queer person or someone that you assume or that you presume as queer like what their pronouns are how they identify or whatever generally that's more uncomfortable for cisgender so people that identify um with the sex that they were assigned at birth Mm -hmm. and straight people it's a lot more uncomfortable for y'all like us we we want you to ask like to me that show that that feels so respectful for you to ask me what pronouns do you use Mm -hmm. how do you identify what Mm -hmm. name do you do you go by like that feels so much so much more respectful than you Mm -hmm. just assuming Mm -hmm. um so yeah, that's like the way that I kind of move and work now is just like this is this is me. I show up in right. button up tees and 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 pants and you know some 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 chino pants and some some nice shoes and that's that's who and I that's am. that on that. That's and yeah, that's that. that. that really gets to the question, and I want to kind of talk about that. Um, please tell me your name. It's it's E S O R A C. Please explain the importance of pronouns. I think you just said it. We mm-hmm. have a lot of assumptions. I think when, and correct me if I'm wrong, Casey, like check me, mm-hmm. call me in, you know, we good like that. So I feel like there's a lot of assumptions about how people identify in terms of their gender, right? Their gender mm-hmm. expression. Like, do they consider themselves male, female, queer, non-conforming, non-binary? Right. And we make those assumptions based on what we see. Like, what are their phenotypical presentations? Arguably, to be fair, sometimes Mm -hmm. what you see is safe to say, okay, I would say if you look at me with this lipstick, this makeup on, this shirt off my shoulder, my hair, you would assume that I identify as a female, right? And I would say, yes, I identify as a female. You may look at KC and you may say, okay, what's, how do they identify, right? So when we... We don't want to make assumptions because we don't know if it like, let's just say I did identify as non-conforming or non-binary mm-hmm. and I'm struggling with that, which is a whole nother conversation about gender dysphoria mm-hmm. and so forth. And you refer to me as a female or she or her, it could be triggering. So yeah. one of the things that we can do to kind of be uh, safe, if you will, Casey, is mm-hmm. to say, how do you identify? Like, what are your pronouns? To any and everybody. To any like, and everybody. I, I say this all the time. Like it's a it's a lot easier not to offend someone if you just blanket statement that to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like I can look at you and be like, okay, she looks to me, she looks like a woman, but I, I shouldn't just assume that because like you just said, like may, maybe you are gen- dealing with some gender dysphoria. And I, and I have friends now who are very feminine presenting and they identify as non-binary, mm. but because they, their gender is expressed in a feminine way they're like, I, I don't know how to correct people because I it's always she, her, or miss this. And it's like, 
well, this is the way I'm presenting. So, and it's like, they present that way because they're comfortable that way, but that doesn't necessarily mm. mean that up here that they mm-hmm. only identify as a woman. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to tell people like, yeah, generally we can kind of assume and be like, okay, that's a woman, that's a man. But if we just start to ask people pronouns or provide our own pronouns whenever we are uh, being introduced to mm. someone, that does make this the space feel a little bit more comfortable for everyone. Like I, I love it when I meet people and they're like, hey, my name is Bob and I use he, him, and his. Awesome. Thank you. Because yeah. you just invited me to share my pronouns. Right. I was about you. to say, what does that communicate to you? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like when people do that, I'm like, you just invited me to do this. And and now I, I would I don't I don't necessarily know. I don't want to speak for everyone, but for myself, anytime I'm meeting a new person, I'm always like, how are they going to perceive me? And when someone introduces themselves and they provide their pronouns to me, that takes away a layer for me to be okay. like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my distance from this person until mm. I know them well enough. It's like, oh mm-hmm. okay, you you might actually respect me. And so like mm-hmm. I'm I'm more willing to engage in a conversation with you. So yeah, I, I love it when people uh, provide me with their pronouns first. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like Cause it, cause to, to, would it be fair to say, um, thank you, Cynthia, for providing your name. Would it be fair to say that it can communicate some level of psychological safety for you to yeah, know definitely. that you're being conscious definitely. of, you know, this particular community of this, yep. of the queer community, people who may yep. not be on the binary. So yep. that, and, and that, that leads me to the next point. Like that to me fosters some sense that psychological safety is what we need for positive mental health. Right. Like we want to feel safe. We want to feel like people are aware of the complexity of gender, the complexity of sexuality and not just kind of limited in one perspective because the chances are high. If you are not aware, you're probably going to microaggress me or offend me or trigger me in some type of way. And that That right there. Yeah. And that and that right there, like the like you're going to trigger me. Like I was I was actually talking to a friend yesterday just kind of about we were talking about gender identity. And it hit me in that moment. I was like, I never really thought about it. I mean, I think I knew it was there, but I never actually just sat and thought about it. I think about my gender every single day, like, mm. and and multiple times throughout the day, like several times throughout the day, I am reminded in some way that I am not normal, that I identify mm. very differently from a lot of people around mm. me, that most of the world is very binary and I need to pick a side. And it it occurred to me in that moment, I was like, those things are very church are, are very triggering. However, if I allow myself to become overwhelmed and, and mm. anxious and very emotional in that moment, I would never get through my day because it happens so often. And she she is a, a, a cisgendered straight black woman. She was like, Casey, I whenever I think about my gender, it's only in a matter, it's only about safety. Like ah. and when I'm when I'm walking down the trail in my safe, like she's like, I don't. I don't think about it the way that you just did. And, and, it, and she was just saying like how like it gave her a different perspective, like how often yeah. this thing. And I'm like, so you, I'm constantly moving through the world, thinking about my gender, constantly thinking about being black. And it's just like, it's, it's always something, you know, mm-hmm. the wheels are, the wheels are always, are mm-hmm. always turning. And I, and I don't say that to be like, Oh, you know, whoa, me, I've, I've learned to cope with it, but I want people to be aware of like, we're not just moving through our life every day and, and only thinking about everyday things. Like these are things that are always on the back of our mind, right. just like always a lot of present. black people. Yeah. Just like a lot of black people. Like when we're going into spaces, it's like, am I going to be the only black person here? How are these people going to act? Who's going to say something like 
it's, mm-hmm. it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Exact same thing. And I want to I want to unpack that a little bit more, Casey, because we talked about this in our last conversation. It was just so phenomenal. I love gathering with you because I think that you just illuminate things in such a very profound way, but also kind of like in ways that people can digest it. So you have these different markers of your identity that society has kind of like casted as not normal, right? Mm-hmm. Which impacts mental health. And so I want to talk yeah. about the pieces that the things that you have done that have found in the workplace specifically that have helped facilitate positive mental health and then some of the barriers, right? Yeah. So you have these different markers of your identity. You're black, that's visible, right? Mm -hmm. You are genderqueer, that's visible. You are queer identified in terms of your sexuality, that's invisible. People may or may not know that. They may make assumptions, but they may or may not know that. And already we've identified three minority markers Mm-hmm. that's not what the majority <laughs> you know right yeah. is I try to stay away from normal but the majority is heterosexual mm-hmm. cisgender you know white arguably but the, the global majority is not white yeah so <laughs> these different things that you're constantly thinking about impact your mental health then you take that into the workplace right yeah. we got this yeah. whole other code of conduct so <laughs> you and you speak about you know at the beginning of your career being very film presenting although i cannot even picture you like that i know see? i know i, I know. cannot it's even funny picture you in that i way. sent i sent one of my best friends my uh senior prom picture the other day and she was like holy shit you were fine as, you were fine as hell then and you were still fine as hell she was like but i, I, I would never person? yes i will i'll share i'll share it with you i'll share because I, I did i look i look good i can't even visualize Although I know. Casey is a Scorpio. Had my nails y'all, done so and everything. I you was she's Casey is a Scorpio. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to misjudge you right there. No, you're right good. <laughs> Casey is a Scorpio. And so I knew that they had some fights. And so however you was presenting back <laughs> in the day or currently, I knew it had a little bit of I knew you was coming a hundred with it. Oh, so yeah. I digress. Like I when you talk <laughs> about nails and prom and all that, I'm like. Let me see that I know. Casey. I know, I know. But I, I, but you, but you presented in both ways, right? So I think yep. that we, I really want to pause to underscore that there was a period of time where you said, although it may have made you uncomfortable, that mm-hmm. was the model, that was the rubric, that was the schema. So you were willing to be uncomfortable to land a job. So you presented in this very feminine way, which you do not identify as. Right. And then yep. now, which I'm happy to hear, you you're coming to your own. You feel very comfortable. You present as you present. Mm-hmm. What has been the factors in a workplace that that you feel helps cultivate a positive mental health for you? Yeah. And what factors have you had to navigate that just was detrimental to that mental health? So I, I will say the the mentors that I had around me. And I'm I'm so thankful and lucky because I like now that I'm back in the athletic department, I am surrounded by those same people that like I showed up to work and they didn't bat an eye. You know, like I went ah. one year, I went, I went from one year dressing very feminine to the next year dressing very masculine and they did not bat an eye whatsoever. It was like, okay, like you're here to do a job. And they, and I, I mean, I, I started my GA ship when I was 24, 25, something like that. So they have known me for almost 10 years. Or, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eight, let's, let's say eight years. And they have always supported me. Like they knew I had a girlfriend at the time and it was like, all right, like, yeah, do you and you and your girlfriend want to come over? And it was, they never made my sexuality or my gender identity feel like it was an issue for them. Because mm, as, a, as, yeah, cause mm. as a, yeah, as a GA in the athletic department, I don't, I don't know if other departments on campuses work like this, but 
when you work directly with your supervisor, you are instantly like their, um, like you're 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 their representation. And so mm. that that was the thing that I was most worried about is because if I'm going out and I'm representing, you know, my two mentors, I want to make sure that I I represent them in a positive way because I have to like step in from into meetings for them if they couldn't be there. Mm. And they they never once was like, no, I don't want you in this meeting or hey, I need you to show up to this meeting looking like this. Like mm. they were like, we want you to be comfortable. Like. Right. Come in however you want. And I think that made such a huge difference for me because I've talked to other people who um, expressed their gender very similar to me. And they were like, I wish I would have had that because mm. for far too long, I was going to interviews and I was showing up to work very uncomfortable and, and kind of hating myself because mm. I wasn't being true to who I was. And I'm, mm. you know, I'm so incredibly thankful that, and, and I, they were two black women. Mm. And so I, I like, I, I have this very, I don't know, just black, black women are, they, they can just be so supportive, you know? Mm. And I think, yeah, I, I, I would say that helped me so much because I think it would be very different if when I started in athletics, if I would have had, Mm. white supervisors mm. or male supervisors like this mm. is the, the first time in my life I've ever worked for a white man and he is an incredible incredible ally an incredible advocate mm. like he is always mm -hmm. fighting for us mm -hmm. we, we don't have we don't have gender neutral bathrooms right now and mm. he started you know he started the job like five months before I did and now they are going to be implementing gender neutral bathrooms great because yes he pushed, yes because yes, he pushed yes. so hard for it and I'm like that that's what we need. Like we mm -hmm. just need some support, and we just want people to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna fight for you because you're a human, and you deserve right. the same rights that I have." Like right. it shouldn't be about, well, you can get some of the rights, and you know, no, with that face, like, it, it pisses yeah, me off too. It's like, I, I hate that. Like when I ask for something, like I, I hate when I ask for something, and people be like, "Well, it's I'm not asking for nothing crazy. I'm not asking you <laughs> for you to give me an extra million dollars for being black or for being Just basic." I'm I'm asking for the same things you get on a on a daily basis. And right. Yeah. So I think that the support is it's mm. so big and just like and just feeling included and feeling accepted and mm. feeling like, you know, I can just I can just show up and be me. And that 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 takes so much of the other stress out of being at work. Right, right. You know? Because once you have that support is what I'm hearing. Once you mm -hmm. are feel seen, right? Yeah. People just see yeah. you. They're not yeah. trying to put you in a box that they can see you for who you are. Then when they see you, they accept you, right? Mm -hmm. They invite yeah. you to be who yeah. you are by yeah. way of support. Then you feel like you now have, is permission too strong of a word? Like to show up as yourself? Yeah, I think that's a great word. And, and I, I often think about like, you know, as black people, we get tired of code switching at work all the time, right? Facts. Like Facts. Sometimes, sometimes I just want to talk the way that I talk, but it's like- right. So like I, I like that's one thing I like really try to get black people to understand. I'm like if 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 we get tired of doing that, think about Yeah, like, the other layers. Yeah, like it's 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 so many layers to it. So it's like you gotta you gotta think about all of these things like queer people code switch too, you know, we we show up professional and I, I think now that I'm getting older I've kinda gotten to that point where I'm like no. This is what it is. That's how yeah, I don't yeah. 
you know, you know, you know I'm like, I don't this want what this you're gonna get. You're gonna yeah. get this nose yep. ring, you're gonna get this country slang you sometimes, yes. you're gonna get yes. these locks, and that's just blackness, right? And, and so, what just, you right. what you illuminate, I think, is so important that I really want people to get that's just blackness, that's just yeah. choosing to be who you are in your blackness. The privileges that I have is that I am a cisgender female, so you're not making these assumptions about my gender. And you're not, you don't know I'm heterosexual. You can probably, you know, predict if I don't say otherwise, which we're going to get to your question, Jennifer, you, but I don't have to navigate these other layers. Like that's Mm -hmm. the piece that I think the the parts that impact mental health, when you're trying to think about and navigate, I'm black. What's my gender identity? What's my sexual identity? What are people projecting? Because it's really about people. It's never about the person. It's what what people are projecting onto you, how they think you should be and if they haven't been exposed to something different or they haven't, yep. you know, brought in their perspective, then then they start to box you and that's what impacts your mental health. But positive mental yeah. health, I want to be able to have you kind of illuminate for people is feeling seen, feeling validated, having support mm-hmm. and giving yourself permission to really just show up as your authentic self. Yeah. And and just like being able to express the joy that I have of being black mm-hmm. and being queer. Like I I I'm you know I'm I'm queer year round, but it's nice to like <laughs> be a little extra in June, you know. Like... I love it. I love it. That's a quote again. Gary, I'm, I'm queer year round, but in June you take it up a notch. Just a little, just a little extra, just a just a little extra, and it's like, and and the people that I have around me, like my you know my direct supervisor and my coworker. It's it's just three of us in our department, but the athletic department is is huge but it's like yeah people just allow me to show up and you know we were talking the other day and someone had made a comment and was like oh we like you know you're probably the only um uh non-binary person or or trans person in the athletic department and I was like probably not but <laughs> someone but someone else maybe doesn't feel comfortable being right. out, you know? Right. And I'm like, mm, that's I, good. If, that's good. if I can be out and like I feel very comfortable, like they they don't have to come, you know, they don't have to be out. They don't have to share this part of their life with, with work. Like, you know, if you want to keep working your personal life separate, that's that's cool. But I also want people to like see me and be like, okay, like Casey is able to navigate this mm. environment um and if someone does want to reach out and talk to me like I'm my door is always open I actually have like I I would never share this with any of my coworkers, but I I have had people in the athletic department reach out and be like hey you know I actually identify as this Mm -hmm. you know how do you how do you navigate this how do you navigate this like Mm -hmm. I kind of want to talk to my supervisor about it and just like let them know because they keep asking if I have a boyfriend or if I have a girlfriend like Mm -hmm. how do I navigate these conversations so I'm like yeah like I'm I'm here to to help Mm -hmm anyone because I I don't I know how it felt back in the day like I like I I grew up in this country right I grew up in the black community so everything about being queer I was being told that I should hate that part of myself and when you were constantly like when you constantly hear people saying you know faggot this and 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 dyke this and, and it's just like you you start to take it on yourself yeah Yeah. you start to take it on yourself and it's like oh I'm this I'm this shitty person I'm this horrible person that you know I need to kill this part of myself and I'm like I I love that part of myself like Mm -hmm. being queer being non-binary like that has allowed me to take off all these boxes about my life like I I now know my my life doesn't have to look a certain way like I don't Mm -hmm. have any restrictions about how I need to show up in the world because I can just show up 
as myself. And it's also allowed me to like share that with other people. Like when people come to me and they tell me a part of themselves, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, why, why should I have any judgment about your life? Like right. that you live your life and I'm going to live my life and I'm going to love you for being who you are. Like, mm. unless you are a, a pedophile or something, like <laughs> I want, I want, I want all of us. Casey said, like, that's why I draw the line. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do gotta. I do gotta draw a line somewhere. I, <laughs> I love like, yeah, it. I want, and I love I want people to show up as themselves. Yeah, and you want that. Like I, I love that what you just shared. It's like you know these parts of yourself, specifically as growing up as black. You know the black culture is very homophobic. You know mm-hmm. very uh, transphobic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And you, you. I think it's important to name that. You know, and that. Yeah those messages you internalize and I hope that black folks out there hear that like you may people may not be identifying as mm-hmm. queer you know or as non-binary or as uh yeah. you know uh, on the spectrum non-conforming but they may identify that way maybe they don't have the language but that's how they identify yep. so we got to be mindful yep. of our words because people internalize that and it impacts their mental health in some capacity and we One want them to love every percent. part of themselves because I love yeah. those parts the, the very part that you just mentioned is the very part that I love about you that I think have made <laughs> this a great working relationship so I'm I'm just I'm grateful I'm full we're going to continue this part two outside of the break room but I think it's been really good I want we we get to this segment where we We've been talking so much, but I appreciate y'all for engaging when we act with actually taking questions. So I hope we've answered your question, Cynthia, on the importance of pronoun descriptions because of this very reason. Like some some things that Casey just said. Sometimes we're asking people if they're if they have boyfriends, girlfriends, and and it could be completely misgendering it. It could be completely mm-hmm. rooted in a lot of assumptions that they are not sure how to navigate. Um, and then to I want to ask this one question before we do yeah. wrap up, Casey. Jennifer I can't, I can't says, see the questions. Oh, okay. Am I supposed to make this the questions? Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Jennifer asked, uh, Jennifer said, I recently was illuminated to how some folks in the LGBTQ, we're going to take off their A now that I've learned what it is, are faced oh, with well, the hold decision. We're we going to come back to that because I'll tell you what I used. I, I, I describe the A for asexual. So I'm fine with it on there. I just don't like it when they be like, it's uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, that's good. All right, but back up. Because <laughs> you know, because that's the Scorpio in me, y'all. Once I learn, like, because y'all think you, you can't even put yourself in that identity. Anyway, okay, so asexual. I'm assuming it's asexual. I recently was illuminated to how some folks in the LGBTQIA are faced with the decision to come out. Jennifer put in quotations in new groups, environments, work, or otherwise. This experience never dawned on me, and Jennifer feels embarrassed by that. Embarrassingly, can you please share your perspective on that and the implications, if any, yeah. to your mental health on this idea that we the decision to come out in new environments and the implications to mental health? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people myself included like when I was growing up look at coming out as like this this one time like this big one-time event and that's that's never the case like we have to come out some sometimes almost daily you know just depending Mm. on what what environments we're moving Mm. in Um, Mm -hmm. but really anytime we step into a new environment for sure if we feel that it is a safe and supportive enough environment we do come out and like to this day, I'm very comfortable with who I am, but if I'm moving into a space that doesn't feel comfortable or safe for me to be like, I'm non-binary and I use they, them, and their pronouns, I I don't share that because mm. I have to, at the end of the day, like as comfortable as I am with myself, 
I still want to be alive. Right. You know, I still want to be. And we still live in that hateful world. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, and and even like the whole concept of of coming out and like, this is kind of something that I've been reading and thinking about and having conversations with my friends about, you know, the the whole coming out is a very Western Mm. ideal, you know, Mm. and I, I really like, like every now and then I do use coming out or being out. I, I like sharing, like I like oh. sharing or opening up because it's like, I, I don't know, I, I, to, to me, I'm like the way that I look at coming out and the way that I look at the closet is like, it feels very shameful. Yeah. And I, and I don't mm. want people who have not shared or who have not come out yet to feel shame about about that you know mm. if, if it's not safe or comfortable for you to be out and for you to you know yeah. celebrate pride in the way that like a lot of us do I, I don't want you to do that but I also don't mm. want you to feel shame about it mm. like that you haven't come we, out yeah yeah we mm. don't make straight people come out so why you know mm-hmm. so why why should we have to come out and so right 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 I, I like go back and forth. I'm like, I, I get the whole like, you know, national coming out day and being out and like what all of that means. And I, and I'm, and I describe myself as very out to, mm-hmm. to help other people. But yeah, I, I like, I'm trying to figure out the best way to, to shift that language so that it mm-hmm. doesn't feel as shameful. And and that's what I like to tell people. It's like, whenever people say, Hey, I identify as this, I just say, thank you for sharing with me. Like not, you know, good job on coming out. Right, good job. Like that. Right, like, yeah, right, right, like, right. I'm glad that you entrusted me with that. Like that is such a, a, a huge part to people. So I, yeah. I would, I would say if you ever have someone open up and share that life, share that part of their life with you, like thank them because that is hard. Is is and and it's, what I'm hearing you say is that it has huge implications to not only people's mental health, Jennifer, but their physical health. Because, oh, yeah. you know, I've I worked with a number of clients who are in families, yeah. even, you know, mm-hmm. spaces that is not physically, it's not their, their safety, like the legit safety yeah. is jeopardized if they would identify as queer or trans yeah. or, you know, gay or, or lesbian or what have you. So, Lawanda, the, the number of, of kids that I have worked with, it has blown my mind that have been through conversion therapy. It, I am, I am shocked. Like, I thought this was gone. I Over thought and this done was with. gone. <laughs> and I have worked with a number, a number of kids who have told me they have gone off to like church camps and they later figured out that they were conversion camps. And I'm just like, it's, this is still happening. This is still Y'all happening stop. after all this evidence stop. has come out. There's no evidence is, to support. Yes, Let me be clear. To, yes. There's no evidence to support conversion therapy works for those of you who do not know conversion therapy not even in the church wrong casey even not (laughs) not even not even in the church not even sweet lord jesus because i don't believe that's the sweet lord jesus doing that when you believe that you can send people to spaces to camps to therapy to these groups where they can be converted and 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 get rid of their queerness, get rid of their sexuality, yeah. get rid of their gender identity is not the case. Really, these people who are sending people need to be in the camps. They need yes. to be in therapy. They need for, to be somewhere. To, to deal with their own internalized homophobia, their own internalized yeah. transphobia, their own internalized views. That could be rooted in generational eras, but mm-hmm. it's no support of that. In fact, what the research does tells us, that does more harm Yep. for people. They have to recover from yep. that. Yep. And it, I, I, I don't, yeah, and I, and I don't, I haven't quite figured out how to help people. Like that's, that's something, I mean, that's trauma, you know, it's right. 
trying to work through that. I mean, it's, it's just like any other traumatic event that people go through. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to derail us there. But no, no, I have no. To get that, out that. that needs to happen. I mean, <laughs> it, it leads me to my point that I want to wrap us up before we leave, before we go into the last nerd. Like, Casey, what would you say to people? Like, you know, we, we've covered a lot. We've covered what pride means to you. You know, some people believe it started at Stonewall. Others know that the SF San Francisco, you know, the Bay Area, you know, can be the birth of that. We've talked about what it means to identify as LGBTQIA+, what that means for you, what it's like being genderqueer in the workplace, the impact of mental health. And, and what I want to focus and harp on is, you know, positive mental health. Like, as a person who identifies, you know, as with these minority markers, yeah. what do you want people to know about their role mm-hmm. in facilitating positive mental health for people who yeah. identify as queer? What we all play a role. What is yeah. our role? What is our roles? I I mean the, the best advice that I can give people, and this is I mean, you know, it sounds however it sounds. <laughs> but it's just like we're all humans, right? Like we all want to be treated like a human. We all want to be treated with basic human rights. And it's really not that difficult. Like it's I feel like people really go out of their way to not treat people like humans, you know, to mm-hmm. treat people like less than. And I'm like, if you if you can just take that effort and put it into 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 really seeing someone, like truly seeing someone, connecting with someone, like get proximate with someone. Like I, I use that term all the time. Like you you don't know what other people are dealing with if you've never been like if you've never been around a queer person, you don't know the issues in the queer community. If mm-hmm. you've never been around a black person, you don't know the issues in the black community. Like mm-hmm. you may have read some stuff, right? But you really talk to a black person, yeah. you really talk to a queer person, until you really talk to a trans person, you don't really know how they feel or how these things impact them. You can read all the research articles and all the whatever on the news, but it's like really take a moment, take a chance to get to know someone and think about how you would want to be treated mm. in that situation. Mm. Like, think about how you would want to be treated, period. Like, don't nobody want to be sent to a conversion camp? Like, don't no. nobody want to be microaggressed against? Don't nobody want to be Don't nobody want to make assumptions about who they don't, are don't, all the time. Exactly. You want to live your life as happily and as joyfully and as, as loving as, as you can. And it'd be other people that mess all of that up you know like <laughs> when other. i when i'm you'd be the other folk like when i when I, I always tell people when i'm like around my black queer friends that is the most relaxed mm. that i feel it is the most love that i feel it is mm. the most joy that i feel because it's like we all understand one another and we show mm. up with love and like each of us need to be loved differently mm-hmm. and we respect that each of us need to be shown affection differently and we mm. respect that and it's like there, there's still so much that the rest of humanity, the rest of the world can learn from black, queer, trans, yeah. non-binary people. I wholeheartedly if, agree. Yeah. If we just take take the chance to do it, like be it's, it's, it's yeah, it's been us fighting for everybody. Now we're not mm. picking and choosing who we fight for because they, you know, we we see them. We're we're fighting for everybody. We're fighting for we even fighting for white women. We even fighting for white men that need it every now and then like we fighting for, we we trying to make it a better world for everybody bless y'all like, heart i know we, we got so much we got so much love <laughs> we got so much love to share just just let us and we want to do our part casey like i have definitely 
I, I appreciate that. And I hope people have heard that and that people have taken it in that you, you know, you got to connect, you got to get proximate mm-hmm. in proximity to connect to the humanity. When yep. you connect to the humanity, all the other socialization, all the other boxes, the assumptions should come undone. And when yep. you connect to a humanity, just like, you know, you're connecting with people who tell you how you want to be held or not held, touched or not touched, mm-hmm. love or not love. That is the same thing with, I believe, queer folks. I think that that's the same thing mm-hmm. with Black queer folks. And we have to show that level of empathy and interest in humanity to be able to connect to that. And that yep. connection should involve action because you're yep. going to hear the discrimination. Yeah, the, you know, the challenges that they face and we hold yep. privilege in being able to fight some of those good fights. And when you say that, like, that's 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 a that's an easy way to fight for us. Like, we are misgendered or microaggressed against every day and we get sick of tired. We get sick and tired of, like, fighting for ourselves every day. Like, if you hear someone misgender someone, like, step in. Like, yeah. don't, don't, don't make it to where that, that, that person has to fight for themselves. Step in and be like, hey, actually, this person uses these pronouns right. and hopefully the other person just says, Oh, okay, my bad. Leave it and, yeah. and leave it alone. If it, if it ex- escalates, like you, you got, you, you know, which side you got to pick. Like, right. You can't be like, <laughs> well, they didn't mean. No, 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 no. Be no. ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that, that is so simple. And it feel like whenever I have people step in and be like, Oh, actually Casey uses, you know, they, them and their pronouns. I'm like, Thank you. Like because I, I, feel I, and I very... would say, would you say then if you're going, if you're going to be in proximity, I hope you understand what it means to have a person's back because that could mm-hmm. happen, right? Yep. I've seen yep. that happen. This has happened. I've had to yeah. say different things to different yeah. people because you can and see the stunned so look on people's face of like, yeah. Yeah. most times when the person who's being misgendered or microaggressed, it's just, it's, it's just the same thing with blackness. Yeah. When yep. you feel it, it's like, damn, can you chill out? Yep. Like, yeah, like you just made you just made everybody uncomfortable. But right. I, I love because it it whenever you do that, it makes that other person like it makes them recognize like oh like I'm I'm kind of the asshole here, right. and not like to make anybody feel bad, but it's like oh like there other people are on board with this, and it's it's me right. that's not getting on board, and I I want I don't I don't want to be outcast. Like nobody right. wants to be outcast, and so for the most part, unless you're just a jerk, they're gonna be like. Okay, you're right. My right. bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. It's like if you make a mistake, that's fine. I'm not saying don't mess up. Like if you mess up, just be like, hey, my bad, and keep it pushing. Like right. don't be like, oh, you know, I'm all for the LGBTQ community. <laughs> my bad. I would never. No, just apologize and keep the conversation. I try to model it. I try to model it. Yeah. Even well, and I think you did a. I think you did a, a perfect, perfect. Uh, you had a perfect example earlier. Like you misgendered me. It's like, hey, my bad. And kept it going. Like that's literally all we want. Because when when you start doing all the other stuff, we'd be like, okay, <laughs> now it's uncomfortable. Then it Take it down. About you. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not about you. <laughs> like just you know what? That, now that okay, this is perfect because that's the perfect pivot. I want you to think about if you feel if you have the emotional capacity. If not, you can make your last nerve something different. So I don't want to okay. you know overburden you because if somebody asks me, most times my last nerve is about some black anti-black shit. Because mm-hmm. it's just so prevalent, you know. Yeah. But if that, you know, if that's not your thing, let it not be your thing. Oh, when you think about daily. all of these examples <laughs> that we've talked about of like people yeah. misgendering or microaggressing or what does pride mean and rainbows and all this shit, mm-hmm. I want to give you nine seconds to talk about what is it that gets on your last nerve, and you could be free, speak free, speak candidly that you want people to know. Okay. And I'm gonna sum it up for you. Hold on, let me get my let me get my uh Ooh. 
All right, I look, I only got 90 seconds. I ain't had a lot of time to think about this. It may not come out in the most um, PC and eloquent way, it but shouldn't. I'm going to let it I'm gonna let the it whole flow. point of it, Casey. I'm going to let, I'm gonna let my ancestors flow through me. Flow through you. Okay, hold on. Let me get it again. One minute, 30. Hold on, I'm going to tell you. I may, not even, I may not even need 90 seconds. Okay. And go. Give it to us. All right, first thing, if it's Pride Month, if it's Pride Month, do not be asking queer people to do stuff for the free. I've had friends ask for their artwork. I've had friends ask to come speak on things. I've had friends ask to contribute to all these like different things. And it's like, it benefits the organization. It, mm. you know, you throw your little, your little rainbow and trans flag on and it benefits you and it ups your, your, your net worth. But it does nothing. Hey, sorry, my dog is drinking. Hey, drink later. <laughs> it does nothing <laughs> to to help our community. Like it's, mm. it, it, it's and, and it's the same with black people too. Like you don't stop asking black people to do stuff for free. Like I, that it pisses me off. It's like you want to look like the most woke and the most accepting mm. and the most LGBTQ mm. friendly places and people, and it's like. There's so much more action that needs to happen if you are a ally, if mm. you are anti-racist. Like, there's so much action that needs to happen. You can't just throw the words out there. Mm. That's that's my number one thing. Being anti-black, it's just come on. It's 2021. <laughs> it's 2021. Step step into it. Step into 2021. It's it's so past being. We're we're so done with the anti-blackness like mm. oh they're, 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 no no we're keep going wrap it up we're done with the anti-blackness that's, that's all i want to say we're done with the anti-blackness it's like this world this 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 country especially we could be so much better we could be so so much better if this country would value black and brown people the way that they need to we make everything better everything that yes. that white people have we have made we have taken and made so much better. Everything from our cultures that they want to steal, like we we make things great. So if you right. want to talk about making America great, you got to look to us mm. because y'all 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 have been in charge of this country since whenever the hell I don't even know my history, seventeen seventy six, but a little <laughs> bit before then, y'all have been in charge of this country for so long. Open it up. I'm not saying give it all to us. But you got you got black people, you got Latinx, you got natives that can make this country really be what it was founded to be. If you mm. would, if you would just relinquish some of that power, relinquish some relinquish of that control, some of the damn power. and let let us fix it. Like let us let us make this country good, and give us some money, <laughs> <laughs> give us some reparations, that, reparations, that, that, and land back. That's I, I love say. you, Casey. Y'all, lady, folks. I was about to say, ladies and gentlemen, there I go. People, <laughs> Casey Cross. I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed Casey Cross. Casey, you have convicted me. You got me sweating. You have. That's what the last. That's what that last nerve should do. If you ain't sweating, <laughs> you ain't did it right. You ain't did it right. So, y'all, I, I, I'm so grateful. I'm so indebted to you, Casey. Please, and I mean this sincerely. Please send me an invoice. Right. Please okay, send me. Please okay. send me an invoice. Um, thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your labor. Thank you for your time. This is the month where you get to take it up a notch. I be knowing because I'm like June T and Black History. Yeah, I'm about to be extra, extra black. So I, hopefully, extra, ain't nobody. 
hopefully nobody from work is on this, but they, so la- last year they gave us Juneteenth off and they sent an email out this year about being off. And I'm like, I'm taking the day off anyways. <laughs> I'm not Period. using no PTO. I'm going to be off that day. It's Don't Juneteenth. ask me to do I'm nothing. It's Juneteenth. Holiday. 2020 yes. y'all nothing. You need to understand if corporate is listening, please make Juneteenth a national holiday at your job or not well, a day off at your job. A day off. Yeah. A paid day off. A paid day off. Um, You've been incredible, Casey. I have thoroughly enjoyed you. I got some quotes. I'm about to be quoting you all over my social media. (laughs) We definitely have enjoyed you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Cynthia, for your questions. Thank you for those of you who have engaged and for those of you who are going to listen. I really ask that you listen with an open heart and a posture um, of curiosity because this that, that's where empathy can begin, right? And that's where mm-hmm. ignorance can be torn down. So thank you so much for that, Cassie. We gotta have you again. Thank Y'all you. You know, it's always well. it's always a we good conversation. Enjoyed you. <laughs> enjoyed the rest of your night. And I hope that y'all will join us next week. Same time, same place as we wrap up season one of the break room.